This has been quite a moving time. Uh, I certainly enjoyed teaching this class of boys over uh, the last months, and I've uh, heard Leon say what a blessing it was to, um, for he and Martha to spend, spend hours with Wanda. I'll bet my boys have grown an inch or two or three <laughs> in these last years in height. And I hope they've had a surge of spiritual growth, too. Uh, this baptism day is a very significant day in the lives of these five people. Uh, when I realized I was to preach this sermon, I, I was thinking about the text, and I thought my thought, thoughts turned to our Lord's baptism. And uh, Sam has already given a bit of a summary of the sermon this morning. He, he read from Matthew Three, I'll read from Luke 3, and um, I pray that we'll be encouraged and inspired as we meditate on uh, the life of John the Baptist and on uh, when Jesus baptized Jesus and as we ponder about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All four Gospels uh, have an account of Jesus' baptism. I'm choosing to read from Luke 3. Luke 3. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being uh, tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother tetrarch of Uturana, Rhea, and of the region of Trachonitis and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas being the high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every nation and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way, ways shall be made smooth. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. And then he said to the multitudes, and uh, I think it's one of the other gospels said, he especially said this next thing to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said to the multitudes that came forth to, to be baptized of him, O generations of vipers, who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, Begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree that therefore which bringeth not forth fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? And he answered and said unto them, he that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. 
And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. And then came also the publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed to you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier, mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, whose, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he shall burn with, un, with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached uh, John unto the people. But Herod the Tatriarch, being reproved of him for Herodias, his brother's brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. And now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus, also being baptized and praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Uh, John the Baptist was a great man. Uh, Jesus described him as being the greatest prophet. He lived in the same time as Caesar, the emperor, and Pontius Pilate, and there were the rulers, uh, Herod and Philip and Lysanias. These were, these were big politicians in that day. And history tells us that Lysanias, at least, was a good leader. Others may not have been very good. And John lived in the time of Annas and Caiaphas, when they were the high priests in Israel. They both then were against Jesus. Uh, so these were big, important men. But John the Baptist e eclipsed them all. Uh, these politicians and church leaders left their little mark in history but John the Baptist played a far more important role than they did. He was the herald for the Messiah, for the Son of God, the Lamb of God, Savior of the world. John's conception and birth were remarkable and miraculous. The angel told his father that he would be filled with the Spirit of God from his birth. And then we have the account of his birth and then for 30 years, uh, we don't know much of John's life. But then he appears in the desert. His, uh, his appearance and way of life were unusual. He likely had long hair and a beard. That, that is, if he was truly a Nazarite, I'm not sure if he was. He dressed in a, a camel's hair cloak pulled together with a leather belt and he was living off the land in the wilderness. And then he began to preach. 
He was stern and powerful in his preaching. He was unafraid. He blasted Herod and the Pharisees for their wrongdoings and their bad attitudes. And um, the people were fascinated, probably delighted, <laughs> to hear him talk about those people. Uh, maybe a little like our, when our, how these days when our presidential candidates blast the establishment and everyone seems delighted. But anyway, was, John must have been a fascination to the people. But his, his message hit home with them, and they were, they, were, they were moved by his message. But John was different. He was different than the politicians. He was different than the, the, the ruling high priests. Uh, he was humble. He said he must increase, Jesus must increase, and I must decrease. He wasn't after a claim, he wasn't after a following, he wasn't after the praise of men. He, he didn't swirl around in his long uh, flowing robes with scripture verses fluttering around his head like the Pharisees did. He wasn't greedy for position or for wealth. He was humble. And he practiced what he preached, unlike the Pharisees. He lived a godly, uh, he lived a holy life, and he was courageous because he was speaking for God, didn't matter what would come uh, as a result of his message. Humility, courage, and a holy life. Uh, John the Baptist is a good example for, for all of us. Uh, in, John, in the Gospel of John, it says that God sent John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe on the light, on Jesus Christ. He knew, knew that he himself was not that light. He was only a witness to the light. He said, I am not the Messiah. I'm only a voice crying in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. I baptize with water, but the one who's coming after me will baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm not even worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. John the Baptist teaches us that it's not about us, but it's about Christ and about bringing others to him. More of Christ and less of me. And what was his message? He preached that there was a coming judgment, and he preached that the Messiah was soon coming. And in light of these two imminent developments, he called for repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This repentance is, is, is not just being sorry for sin. It, it is turning away from sin, but it's also turning around to follow God. It is abandoning rebellion against God and returning to obeying God in everything. And the proof of this repentance is a changed life. Changed uh, from living in wrongdoing to doing the right things. He said to the Pharisees, Prove by the way you live that you have repented for your sins and turned to God. And he called the Pharisees and Sadducees snake, snakes, brood of vipers. They were, they were like, it's like they were biting and hurt, hurting and damaging people. And they needed to repent and prove by the way that they lived that they were helpers and they had compassion to help people. 
He said to the soldiers, don't do violence to anyone. I'm not sure how soldiers are going to operate without using some violence. Don't take advantage of anyone. And he told the tax collectors who, who were notorious for collecting too much uh, taxes in order to pad their own pockets. He said, collect no more money than the government requires. And he instructed the common people, if you have two shirts, give one of them to somebody that has a need. And if you have food, share that with the hungry. John's message was to repent, turn from your sins, and turn to God and live a changed life. John was calling all to repent so the way would be made for the Messiah. He was crying out in, a, in the wilderness of need. His voice was stern but comforting because his message offered hope. He called on them to remove all that was crooked with sin and narrow in their outlook. They, they thought that they uh, were children of Abraham. <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. We, we're in the bloodline of Abraham. And he, he showed them that was a very narrow and, uh, way to look at the kingdom of God. He wanted people to turn the winding narrow path into a royal highway broad and straight for Jesus to walk on. Make way for the saving Messiah, the one who can meet your needs. Make way for him by repenting. Why repent? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus the king is near. He is the judge. He has a winning, winnowing fork in his hand and will clear the thrashing floor of all the chaff. His winnowing fork could mean uh, his wonderful doctrine of truth, and he will judge everything by truth, and anything that is found to be uh, wrong or useless, uh, he will burn up with fire. The Messiah is near, he is the savior. He is at the door. He's just around the corner. And now is the time to make ready for him. And his being ready demands immediate attention. He will establish his kingdom. He is the sovereign who will establish his holy principles for living in his kingdom. So now is the time to repent and to turn to Christ with all our hearts. John, John the Baptist's message of repentance is so important, so essential, but it's not uh, very popular. It's a lot easier to talk about growing in knowledge and faith and love and even obedience than it is to talk about and think about repentance. Have we repented? Have we repented of pride and bad attitudes and critical spirit and self-righteous disposition and dishonesty and impurity and malice or whatever else uh, Christ's truth uh, shows to be wrong? Have we truly repented? Have we cleared the road? Have we swept the house? Young men, the class, and Wanda, and all of us, Let's be sure that we're constantly repenting when God, God's truth shows us our wrong. Repenting so that not anything will remain 
that will hinder the Spirit's free rule in our hearts. Did you know that John the Baptist's message was incomplete? In a way, it was incomplete. He taught, repent, sweep the house, clear the road, cleanse the heart. But he, in his message, didn't really offer anything to keep it clean, except that he, he told them about the coming Messiah. And so then the message was made complete in Christ. John's message of repentance clears the way for Jesus to come into the repentant heart by his Holy Spirit. John's baptism was a token of repentance, but it lacked something that Jesus would bring. Jesus, John said, I baptize with water for repentance for the remission of sins. But the one who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Remember in the book of Acts that when Aquila and Priscilla heard Apollos uh, preach, Apollos was so eloquent in his preaching, but he, he only knew about the baptism and the message of John. And uh, Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and, and instructed him more accurately uh, about Jesus Christ and about uh, yes, about Jesus Christ. And then in, at, at Ephesus, Paul found 12 believers that had only heard John's message. And they asked, he asked them, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? And they said, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. And, but when they believed on Jesus and were baptized in his name, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues. Very, uh, there was, a, there was an, that evidence that they had received the Spirit. John gave the very essential message of, of, bap, the bap, of repentance, and then Jesus finished the work of salvation by baptizing with the Holy Spirit, filling the cleansed hearts, filling the cleansed hearts with the Holy Spirit, which is the new birth. That's the full gospel message then. John the Baptist and then Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Re receive forgiveness. Receive the Holy Spirit and become born again. Our baptism this morning is in the name of Jesus. He has baptized these and every true believer with the Holy Spirit. They first repented, turned away from their sins, turned to Christ and he has forgiven their sins and filled them with the Holy Spirit. They're born again and have entered into Christ's kingdom, and the Holy Spirit is enabling them to live according to Christ's teaching. The overarching principle of Christ's teaching is love. In Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus came to be baptized. And John, uh, John resisted. He said, I need to be baptized by you, not you be baptized by me. And Jesus replied, it is right that you baptize me. We must fulfill righteousness. Uh, Jesus was getting baptized because, by John because his father wanted him to be baptized. It was the right thing to do. And Jesus always, always, always did his father's will. Class, you're doing the right thing. You've done the right thing by being baptized. Jesus taught it. 
This is not John's repentance baptism. This is believer's baptism in Jesus Christ. That includes repentance. Jesus instructed his disciples, go teach all nations, teach them everything I taught you and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then his apostles went out teaching and preaching all that Jesus had taught. Uh, they preached, repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. So just like Jesus did his Father's will by being baptized, you this morning are doing his will in this baptism. Now how is it that Jesus came for John's baptism? Jesus, uh, John's baptism was symbolic of repentance from sin and Jesus had never sinned and never needed to repent. So why did God want him to be baptized? I believe one reason was that he wanted Jesus to identify with those who were repenting. The Lamb of God, who would be the sacrifice for the, for the forgiveness of their sins, wanted to identify with the very ones he would forgive. He, the King of the Kingdom, wanted to identify with the human subjects that were enter into the, entering into the Kingdom. Jesus wanted to be identified with those who were, were repenting and being purified so they could enter the Kingdom. The self-righteous Pharisees just showed up to investigate and to criticize. Uh, they didn't want any part of be. They didn't want to be any part of that sinner's crowd. But our Lord Jesus uh, was not ashamed to be called our elder brother, and he's unashamed to be our forgiver and our savior, the savior of sinners. He was the willing Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, and he chose to be identified with us. This believer's baptism in Jesus Christ this morning is about identifying with Jesus, not being ashamed of him before men, not being ashamed of following, being a follower of him. You're not ashamed. I hope all of us could say that we're not ashamed. Uh, we're not ashamed before men of being a follower of Jesus. We love him, that we put our trust in him, that we want to be identified with him. We want to fly, fly the Christian flag high. We want to shout it from the rooftops. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. <coughs> Baptism is about identifying with Jesus. Baptism is also about identifying with fellow believers. Jesus wanted to be identified with those who were repenting and turning to God. Though Jesus was sinless, he identified and entered into relationship with repentant sinners that were entering into his kingdom. Jesus is building his kingdom. Jesus is building his church. The great mystery of the New Testament has, has revealed that through Jesus Christ, uh, God is inviting in Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, from every kindred, kindred tribe, nation, to be a part of his church. And in baptism, baptism we identify as being brothers and sisters uh, to fellow believers in Christ's church. By this baptism, we give expression that we 
we identify with and we're intent on entering into meaningful and edifying relationships with our fellow believers. Our greatest opportunity and respons responsibility is to bless our brothers and sisters in this local church. And we must also seize the opportunity to encourage believers beyond these church walls. Are we eager and intent uh, to relate meaningfully with brother, brothers and sisters. Baptism is about identifying with fellow believers in Christ's church and in God's family. Jesus' baptism was pivotal in his life. The baptism launched him into his three-year ministry. And in those three years, in that finish of his life, he accomplished everything that he came to the world to do. Jesus' baptism was like the call of the Old Testament prophets. And Brother Carl last week told us about Elisha's call. And Elijah, you remember, uh, came by Elisha who was, was plowing in the field with 12 yoke of oxen and uh, Elijah strode to him and threw the cloak around his own cloak around Elisha's shoulders. And this meant that Elisha, Elisha had been called to replace Elijah as the prophet of God. So John, uh, Jesus' baptism was his calling. He was given his mission. It was time to him to, for him to start his ministry. And Jesus' mission was to live his life of shining example, full of grace and truth. He must show his compassion and mighty power with the miracles, proving he was the son of God. He must go to the cross to be the atoning sacrifice for the sins of all the people of the world. And Jesus accomplished fully his mission. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fully describing Christ's mission. I'm just uh, mentioning a few things. But Jesus accomplished fully his mission that his baptism called him to. So this baptism this morning, uh, young men and Wanda, or is about your calling. You're called to be saints. You're called to be holy. You're called to be Christ-like. You're called to be ambassadors for Christ. You're called to be fruitful. You're called to live out the teachings of Jesus in practical life. You're called to be witnesses of Christ. And I'm only telling you a bit about your calling. Uh, these callings are your mission. Thankfully, God has provided uh, you the power and the ability to carry out your mission in life. In our text, Luke 3, uh, it says that, that Jesus, after he was baptized, he prayed. I don't know if he just lifted up his face towards heaven while he was in the Jordan or if he went up on shore and kneeled. But as he prayed, the clouds parted and the Holy Spirit settled down on him in the bodily shape of a dove. Beautiful. This must have been quite a confirmation to Jesus to see this dove and uh, knowing that it was a sign that he was endowed with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't really think anything changed with Jesus when the dove, the Holy 
this, this visible sign occurred. I believe Jesus had the fullness of the Spirit all along. But this was a confirmation, must have been a confirmation. We need confirmations too. I sometimes struggle. Do I'm not sure if I'm really feeling the Spirit. Is this what I'm thinking and hearing? Is this the Spirit or is it just me? Do you ever think that, those kind of thoughts? Um, sometimes I struggle. Not quite sure if the Spirit is speaking or it's just my own thinking. But rest assured, Jesus promised that ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Apostle Paul wrote, don't you know that the Spirit of God lives in you? That's 1 Corinthians 3, 16, Ephesians 1, 12 to 14. You first trusted Christ, then after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The promise is clear from the Bible that God gives his Holy Spirit to those who repent and believe on Jesus Christ. You can bank on it. God always says what he does, uh, does what he says. If we return from our sin and turn to God, that's repentance, and turn and trust in Jesus for forgiveness and salvation, he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. So just keep on repenting and keep on trusting in Jesus and keep on listening to his word and wanting to obey it and you will experience the power of the Spirit in your life to enable you to carry out your mission for life as a Christian. Jesus saw the dove ascending. All we saw this morning was water baptism. But I believe we can know for certain that the Holy Spirit has come on these and on each of us who have trusted Christ. Not only did Jesus see the dove, he heard his father's voice. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and delighted. What a confirmation. Was Jesus tempted with doubts like all other human beings are? If so, this must have been quite a confirmation of, of his father's presence and his father's approval. This must have carried Jesus through hard times. One time when Jesus was very distressed, this is the apostle uh, John's gospel doesn't really talk about the Gethsemane, but this would have been John's Gethsemane. Jesus said, um, now is my soul deeply troubled. Uh, shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? No, this is why, I've, why I come. Instead, I say, Father, glorify thy name. And then his father thundered back from heaven. I have glorified it, and I, I will glorify it again. God's voice speaking to his beloved son. And at Jesus' baptism, God's voice assured him of his sonship and that, he, that his father was really pleased with him. This believer's baptism in Jesus this morning is, is symbolic of the reality that these four young men and Wanda have become sons and daughters in God's family. Romans 8, 15 and 16. Ye received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, Daddy Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we're his children, we are heirs of God's glory. 
Young men in Wanda, you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Not the same as Jesus, who is the one and only beloved Son of God, the, the very same effort, uh, essence and character, having the very same essence and character and divine attributes of his Heavenly Father. But uh, you, as human be beings, have been adopted into God's family, sons and daughters. You really belong here in his family. He's delighted. He's pleased that you have repented and trusted his beloved son in whom he is well pleased. He's pleased that your hearts are swept clean and have been opened wide to, uh, for the entrance of the Holy Spirit. One more word out of this text. We, we clearly uh, see in this account the wonderful trinity. Wonderful because God is wonderful. Wonderful because we don't really understand the Trinity fully. We see Jesus down in the river being baptized. And we see the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus Christ. And we hear, we hear as, as the Father validates uh, that Jesus is his son and gives his approval of his son. Think back to the first creation. This, this is about a new creation when Jesus gives salvation to believers and make them a new creation. Back, back at the first creation, we have the Heavenly Father saying, let us create. Let us make man out of, after our own image. And the, and the Son uh, speaks, spoke the powerful word that, uh, that spoke everything into existence. And the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters energizing the creation process. And now we have the new creation when Jesus uh, takes sinful people and forgives their sin and gives them the Holy Spirit and makes them a new creation. Well, what shall we take home with us today? The great prophet gives us a good example, strong and courageous, his message uh, serious and comforting, his attitude humble, more of Christ and less of me. John the Baptist's message of repentance is still essential, turning away from sin and turning to God, cleansing the heart so that Jesus can baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted to identify with the people who were repenting and wanting to enter his kingdom. He was not ashamed to be identified with us. He wants to enter into close relationship with us. In baptism, we identify with him. We declare that we're entering his kingdom. In baptism, we identify with other fellow followers of Jesus. And we eagerly and deliberately enter into meaningful relationships with them. Jesus' baptizing, baptism was his calling to begin his ministry and to fulfill his mission. We, we are all called to our mission as followers of Christ. The spirit in the form of a dove descended on Jesus after his baptism. Jesus has baptized and filled our cleansed hearts with his sweet Holy Spirit to make us a new creation. 
and enable us to live out his principles in his kingdom. Jesus heard his father's voice, validating that him as, the son of, as his own son and thundering his approval. We are God's sons and daughters. He, he is delighted that we have repented and trusted Christ. We really belong in God's family. And finally, we see the Trinity evident, evident in Jesus' baptism. Just as the Trinity was active in the first creation, now the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together to make us a new creation. God bless you, young men, and Wanda. God bless us all. Let's have a song, and then I believe uh, Sam is going to close. <laughs>